spidey senses tingling. Hello, listeners. The boys are back. Paper Keg 13. Who's to my left? F. Farrington says, coming at you live from Paper Keg North. All right. To my right. At Dale underscore A. Square A. <laughs> Paper Keg Square A. And uh, working the hot mics is our fearless leader. Who are you over there? Uh, this is at Slim Paper Keg Podcast. Uh, where we talk about industry news, the books we're reading, a book club book, in this case, The Ultimate Spider-Man, uh, is it called Power and Responsibility? Is that what the trade was? That's what it is called, um, yeah. 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 Uh, and then we get to your letters, you know? That's what we're all about. What about the listeners? My favorite Hold on, part I got an air guitar right now. <laughs> So yeah, we had a we had a quick introduction. You know, uh, Jonesy is here. He's a famous writer in his own mind. He is working on a comic book right and, now, and the hearts of many. Um, Mark Farrington is is the DC historian, at least until September. But let, don't get me started. That's right. We're all uh, DC historians. Come September, uh, right. see take your diploma back, son. Don't get me started. Uh, Dale underscore A has been referred to as the internet bad boy. Podcast bad boy. And the internet celebrity. I don't know. At Dale underscore A. Check the Twitter feed. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, check the Twitter feed for his famous uh, 30 Rock uh, calendar posts. His uh, Spider Woman hate tweets. Those are my favorite. Hate love. Let's get into it right now. DC historian, uh, the JLA lineup has been revealed on the internet. I saw it this morning. I'm a fan. Yeah? I'm a fan. You are a fan. You approve of this. So far, so good. It looks good on paper. Can you uh, run it down for me there? Ad Farrington says, Superman, Batman, Green, Lantern, The, the Flash. Flash. Who's going to run it down? Is it going to be Jensen or Mark Farrington? What's happening? Mark Farrington. <laughs> so we're just, we're just doing you this. You get that micro- microphone right away from your G-damn mouth right now. <laughs> I told you, give me a straw device and I'll use it. So so what are the, what are the odd birds in the, in the lineup, Mark? Did you see the sidebar, how there's some, some mystery characters? I saw the sidebar. I saw a couple mystery characters. For everybody who hasn't seen, the complete lineup looks to be on this release. Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, Aquaman, The Flash, Cyborg... <laughs> And then we've got Dead Man, interesting pick. Oh, Lame. nice. The Atom, a new Lame. character <laughs> appearing in Ele- in Flashpoint, Element Woman. Get out of here. I shit you not. Whoa. I S you not. We're a family-friendly podcast here, Mark. He'll, Slim will get it on the re I'm not going to edit anything. <laughs> Moving on. Firestorm. Shut it down. Green yeah. Arrow, Hawkman, Unidentified Woman. Yeah, I heard that that would be, that could be Zealot. From Wildstorm? Ooh, wow. Ooh, I would like that. Yeah, change like it up that. a notch, huh? I like Zealot. Actually, I take that back. I wouldn't like that. Oh, and Aquaman's wow. wife is in here, Mara. Yeah, Geoff Johns had said she's going to be a big player. Yeah, he of course. shoving her down DC fans' throats. We're going to need an uncanny is Justice League. Spider just the Spider-Woman? Uh, uncanny Justice Just to uh, hammer out all these characters. To and all the other DC fanboys, it's an interesting lineup. It dates back to the Silver Age, back when they were in the satellite era. Back in the early 80s, late 70s. It looks pretty good. I'm kind of curious about the inclusion of 
a Flashpoint character, just going back to our theory that Flashpoint's going to kick off the new DCU. Looking at the art, did anyone think it was weird that everybody seemed to be wearing like armor type versions? Yeah, they're trying to keep it realistic. Well, in reality, everybody wears armor. Keep it real world. Apparently. If I'm Superman, I wear spandex. Yeah, I want people to see my superpack. He's from another world, you know? Superman doesn't need armor. This is already the first thing they've done wrong. I think that's a growing misconception on the internet, Mark. It's not armor. It's a costume. Okay? It's not made out of metal. Jim Lee's better than this. Whoa. Whoa. We're going to a very dark place early on. Let's just relax. Very dark. DC. (laughs) Well. Justice League lineup. Here we go. We'll see if it's any good. I'm kind of anxious for it. It's going to be interesting. Dale, you're you're the internet celebrity, uh, the the current internet celebrity on the show. Now everyone wants to know your thoughts on the JLA lineup. Firestorm, get him out. Mara, get her out. Uh, Zealot, get her out. Slap happy face. Get them all Dead out. Man. Just get them out. Dead Man. I like Dead Man, but I don't think he should be on the Justice League. So there's gonna get them out. There's going to be like 14 characters. I know. You're going to need to, you know, I'm going to do the same joke again. Mm-hmm. Uncanny Justice League. Justice League, first class. Get out of here. Uh, the, I guess the first arc starts off with the origin of the JLA. It takes place in the past. So maybe the first arc involves all the, the heavy hitters, but then it goes back to... You know the schlubs, uh, like Dead Man and and uh, Mera. You know, fundamentally, I have a huge problem with uh, Wildstorm characters appearing on DC teams and vice versa. Martian Manhunter on Stormwatch. Prove me wrong, but I don't think it'll work. You know, Dan Didio probably says otherwise. Dan Didio said a boy. lot of things. Your boy, my boy. Yeah, you love Dan Didio, don't you? Single-handedly ruining DC. I hear wow. he, uh, hear him wrong, and Jeff guys. Johns hug it out every day. It's not what I heard. Prove me wrong, guys. Prove me you're, wrong. You're asking a lot of people to prove you wrong on a lot of things. Yes, Goodness. Do you have a list? Can we, can we step out of this darkness into the Please. light here? Let's do it. I feel like every time we talk about the DC reboot, somebody like loses a friendship in this room. <laughs> and I won't have any more of it. Well, Mark is asking us to prove everything wrong, and uh, I just can't keep track of your, uh, des- your, your wants and your desires about this reboot. Where I'm ha- telling you, Wildstorm characters on DC teams fundamentally doesn't work. You know, no, all that's, jokes aside. There's just something wrong with that, I think. It's going to, I mean, look, Wildstorm's gone. We all have to face the facts. They're going to try to reintegrate some of that crap into the DCU. And it's going to be awful, but. Well, know. look at the DCU premise. They've got fantastic characters in larger than life situations, and they always come out on top. Marvel, it's these incredible characters set in a real life setting. The Wildstorm, they are the supposedly the DCU characters as looked through a darker glass. So you can't have a grifter-like character or a zealot character exist in the same world as Superman, Batman. It would be a matter of time before somebody would take him out. That's like having Punisher exist. Guess what? <laughs> what? You've been ferreting. What? DC Comics, bitch. I love getting ferreted, well, by the way. <laughs> I'm dropping the mic. I'm done. Whoops. Sorry. <laughs> the letters, right into the letters. Sorry. You know, my uh, my plan for the Wildstorm universe that no one listened to was to reuse the, the Wildstorm characters, but only in a digital format, you know? Make it just for iPad yeah. and the yeah. web. Boom. Sales. It's kind of cool, actually. Skyrocket. You know, Chris Sims on the Comics Alliance asked, uh, how come DC doesn't do web comics? You know? Like cool. uh, player... Uh, 
what's it, um, PV, PVP? PV player per player. Yeah, so they get millions of hits all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe maybe to, DC should uh, do like a Batman webcomic. They used to have Gotham Girls, remember way back when? No. Or was no. that traditionally not DC? Was that related to Birds of uh, Prey because they usually pan that whenever I hear the name? It was all of the Bruce Tim, Paul Dini female bat characters. Oh, Bruce Tim, you As said. told on the web, it was pretty good. Dan Slot. We all know who that is, right? My man. Oh. Your boy him. writes uh, Spider-Man. He's getting into Spider Island. It's going to be huge yeah. this yeah. summer. He, yeah. and, uh, he and Umberto you, Ramos. You met uh, Umberto. Oh, right? Best Remember that? experience of my life. Nicest guy. Mustache of uh, of kings. I wonder <laughs> if Dan Slott got our message that we had his back. I think yeah, Umberto I so. told him we said that. I don't think so. I think he did. He's the nicest guy in the world. Dan Slott. Dan Slott's awesome. Takes uh, DC to task, mainly uh, Mark's boy, Dan Didio, mm. uh, about pretty much calling... Uh, the titles that aren't being fully rebooted, you know, the good ones and the ones that are, crap. Man's got a point. Snap. So, uh, you know, they're, they're basically saying uh, the ones that, aren't, that weren't working sales-wise, they're getting redone. Meanwhile, Batman and Green Lantern, they're remaining untouched. How is this news? I mean, he's not wrong. Well, this is a Marvel creator, you know, coming out yeah. on his soapbox. Yeah, that's the weird, that's yeah. the interesting Saying, thing. It's, uh, it's awesome. Though, you know, I mean. what about all the creators that worked on those books that are getting rebooted? Hmm? You know, I yeah. kind of liked it better when uh, Marvel and DC had their code of silence. They wouldn't openly criticize the other. Gone. Yeah. Dan Slott ripped that apart. Ripped the veil. Well, I think a lot of Definitely Marvel creators had ripped that apart when the reboot was announced. Yeah. And I think with the advent of Twitter, it's it's a, a lot easier for folks to kind of get their emotions, their thoughts out. Mm-hmm. And they probably feel like there's a little less backlash. Meanwhile, I mean, it's not true at all. It holds as much as holds as much weight on Twitter as it does anywhere else, but I, I think it makes people less afraid. Uh, do you agree, Jonesy? I I think Twitter is Eric Larson's therapy some days, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think it, in a in a digital world where everybody, you know, uh, who said it the other day? I, I forget the quote. So I I, it I was didn't me. I didn't originate this, but it seems like everywhere everybody's standing in the world with a megaphone, and you know everybody can hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Eric Larson took a little Twitter break. I just noticed he Twittered uh, earlier today for like the first time in a little while. That's probably because it was throwing his blood pressure through the roof. <laughs> I think that was a Jack Kerouac, by the way. Was that. it? Was it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know who that is. Sounds made up. Plus, Pod- you know what? With podcast. the advent of Twitter, it's easier for the comic industry to just kind of disavow any knowledge of their creators who say something stupid. Like if that right. caused a big problem for Marvel, they could be like, oh. Dan Slott sit down on his own. He doesn't represent Marvel. Oh, well, hang on there. And then why is every company in the world having these new Twitter regulations going out? I know I yeah. work for a Guidelines. big company. You know. Do they know about your Twitter? Do they know no. about your... Uh, no, your, I, your... At, at every turn I say, I don't have a Twitter. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't have a Twitter. Yeah, the Twitter guidelines do not apply to Marvel Comics. And then uh, even the C.B. Sebelewski. Mm. You know him? Talent talent scout Noted for Marvel. Foodie. He's a foodie. He's got a. It's annoying. What it, what's, what's his web blog? Food Taco, something like that. Food Taco. Food. Something like that. You Google Feed it. Feed your face with food. <laughs> CB. Uh, he came out and uh, poked fun at uh, DC for their Green Lantern box office opening. 
you know, saying uh, DC's in love with the number 52. Oh, my God. But uh, Marvel. Wow, wow. <laughs> I mean, I, wow. I, didn't have a, I didn't have a problem with that. I chuckled. Nerd Do we burn. have a sounder for that? But, uh, That's a sick he, nerd burn right there. Then he said, you know, but Marvel Marvel likes to likes to shoot higher, you know? Yeah. And then he tweeted about how this perfect little uh, cafe in Milan has the best espresso <laughs> and every other espresso is uh, wrong, so... He shut it down. He did, you know, follow up a few hours later saying, you know, oh, we all wanted Green Lantern to do well. You know, we all want each other to do well. Oh, but which it just mean, didn't happen. Which means his right. editor probably called and said, stop being a D on yeah. the T. You know, yeah. I, I'm a huge Marvel fanboy, and I do get annoyed when they just run their mouths when, you know, they don't like something. I think you, know, you, work, you work for Marvel Comics. I think there should be some kind of standard held across the board where you just keep your yap shut. About some things, I, I know. Ever since the advent of uh, the old paper keg, I try to tone down my uh, my Twitter hate. I you turned know. it up. We're celebrities now. You know, we That's true. <laughs> we, we, we are we are visualized uh, in, kidding, a, in we're a certain not manner. Jonesy does not speak for Paper Keg LLC. <laughs> nobody know, follows my Twitter anyway, so I can say whatever I want. And nobody reads your articles either. <laughs> <laughs> He's not kidding. Nobody reads them. Let's uh, let's get I into know. some books right now. Oh yeah, we do that on the show. We tonight. do read comic books. Uh, we're going to get into Ultimate Spider-Man Volume 1 mm. as the book club. We're going to get into the death of Ultimate Spider-Man a little later. Mark, what are you reading right now? <laughs> Man, what am I reading? X-Men Prelude to Schism, number three. Look out. No, don't. Not for this one. This is a... Uh, it by. Really? Pass it by. Not good, huh? Prelude to Schism, written by Paul Jenkins, a writer who usually knocks it out of the park with everything he writes, fell well, a little short with Cyclops as the lead. At this point, we're three issues out of a four-issue series in, and so all the buildup has been building towards this threat, while Cyclops pontificates on do we stay and fight this unidentified threat, or do we turn tail and run like hell. Mm -hmm. After three months of teasing out what the threat is, I'm sick of it. Yeah, I read the first two issues, I thought it was junk. I liked the Agreed. first two. First two were decent, but this one is told of flashbacks in the past of Cyclops' past, and it's told in the present while he ponders what to do for 24 pages. I'm a little bored at this point. The uh, second issue I didn't like because it made uh, Magneto kind of look up to Cyclops in a way. I, I think I remember that. And yeah. It, it followed the trend of where where I called the uh, peification of Magneto in the oh, Marvel but, Universe. Yeah. Are you mad because he got hogtied in? Listen, I'll get to that I'm in a mad second. about it. The uh, that issue where he pretty much, you know, got on his knees in front of Cyclops and he just took care of it. Oh, God. And then uh, in the Uncanny X Men uh, book, which I was borrowing from you the other day, right before we recorded, they talked about, uh, you know, Magneto was in uh, the guy from the Break World. What's his name? Crawl? Ord? Croon? No, Ord was the Break World. Crawled? Let's say Crawl. Let's just call him Crawl. Crawl. Yeah. Uh, he was fascinated by Krull's, uh this like metal that he had never seen before. <laughs> yeah. So this was like Christmas morning for Magneto. I was like, oh, I can't wait to examine this with you. Oh, <laughs> let me go get so and so from my office. And he storms out of the room. He comes back. Krull's like totally, you know, tricked him. He what does he give him? He gives him like this poison that takes his powers away. And he, and he hog ties him and puts him in a goddamn closet. My oh, favorite. My favorite panel from that book is like the little happy kick that Magneto does in that panel <laughs> when he walks away. Did, did you guys all read it? Yeah, he let, like about. there's a scene where Magneto turns around and his like arm is crooked up like he's about to go yeah 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 and his legs kicking it and he's walking around great. with his helmet on too like what's he doing around Utopia with his helmet on which I don't get you but. know what was always great in the animated series 
those times where Magneto would take the helmet off and his beautiful white mane <laughs> oh, would be yeah. blowing in the wind. Or any part of the anime series where Wolverine wasn't, or uh, Magneto wasn't big P around, yeah. around everybody. Yeah, yeah, so, this entire ship is my weapon. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's beautiful. <laughs> so that 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 break world uh, is just horrible. Two issues. He's just in a closet, tied up. Oh jeez. Magneto is in a closet, tied up, without his powers. Come on, how good is he? This isn't. This doesn't happen to Magneto in my world, my friend. Really? Just doesn't Magneto doesn't, doesn't get his A kicks? He kicks. He doesn't. A. He does. Not in this series, and not in Uncanny. Are you just trying to egg slim on at this point? No, I mean, not at all. On. I'm just saying. Can't, can't control, bro. It happened. It happened. <laughs> So that's my problem with X-Men Prelude to Schism number three. I agree. Jonesy, what are you reading? I'm going to pull a Dale underscore A here. What mm-hmm. up? Go with an IDW, IDW title. Mm-hmm. Dungeons and Dragons number eight. Wow. Nice. Words by John Rogers. Pictures by Andrea DeVito. Abroad. Art in this book is phenomenal really? really i would buy andrea devito sketches and hang them in my home that's how good i think the art in this book go on i mean the colors definitely complement that but her pencils in this book are amazingly consistent wow. and just well drawn this is a high praise uh dungeons and dragons is also very comically written you know, they. i think that that property has a tendency to take itself a little too seriously but this reads like four guys are in a basement, like making up this S as they go along as the actual characters, hmm. and it comes through in the dialogue and the actions. It's pretty. Uh, it's pretty good. That's interesting. That's, I, that's good. an interesting take on it, Jonesy, because I, I I remember the first couple issues of the relaunched book, and um, I never looked at it like that. But it was almost a little too campy. I'm wondering if um, that got. That changed at issue seven, I believe, after that that arc was over. I would love if at the end of this book's run, it was revealed that it's like four guys drinking beer. Yeah, that'd be neat. And like, it's really this whole thing has been their imagination. I would really dig that. I'm sure the cop out would make every fan like flip the F out, but. I can already hear McElhenley typing at his keyboard really hard at the insinuation of that ending. Well, he's not listening to me right now, so I can say whatever I want. McElhenley. Yeah, but I mean, that just opens up the possibilities for so many stories to be told. You know, if they take the angle of four guys playing the game. Having an adventure, yeah. You know what I mean? Barely touch on them, mostly concentrate on the story and and being in character. That's cool, though. Yeah, I mean, the best part about this book is not the mythology. It's the interaction between the characters and, yeah. and the, I mean, the characterization of everybody and their their specific voice is really good. I mean, it's really well written. I check it out for the art. I remember, I remember just being not, I wasn't expecting the I think first you, couple I think issues. you poo-pooed it. Yeah, yeah, because I just wasn't, ex- I think I wanted a little more serious tone, but I, I didn't get I, it. But. See, I was blown away by the fact that it wasn't serious. That's huh. why I liked it. Look at that. You know, you get both sides of the coin with this show. God, we're best friends. Both. <laughs> Video keg, we're going to have like a tandem bike riding down the street. <laughs> oh, my God. So, oh, we got to talk off the air. Yeah, save, <laughs> save her off the air right now. So you would recommend D&D. That's what I would that's say, what you're telling you know us. what? If you need a break from your event fatigue and you want to read something fun for eight or ten issues, Go pick up the D&D relaunch by IDW. Hmm. You, it, you know, it's a good romp. <laughs> Snap. 
Dale uh, podcast bad boy milkshake purveyor on the internet. Milkshake.com. Milkshake.com. Check it out. No vowels. Uh, what are you? What are you into right now? Gears of War number seventeen. Hmm. Hmm. One of my favorite video game properties of all time. Yeah. The book, the comic book, is consistently well done. And I believe I talked about this maybe the first couple episodes of Paper Keg. It was an earlier issue. But they brought the writer of the novels on board to write the comic. And um, this is a little one-shot issue. It shows uh, Marcus Phoenix's uh, one of his first missions. And, uh, you know, it's cool because there's kind of like a callback to some of the characters in the previous books that she wrote, but not in the game. And um, it's him and uh, his, I think his uh, friend Carlos, his soldier mate, and, uh, you know, a couple other guys. And, you know, it just shows through how he's not hardened. Because if you play the game, Marcus is real hardened. He's a bad A. He's pretty B.A., yeah. So um, it just shows the innocence and his... Uh, you know he's scared. He's a soldier a week in, and he's and he's his friends are dying around him, and he's getting bullets fired at him all over uh, emulsion, which is basically oil. You know, in the future, so it's you know kind of a, right. a uh, parallels parallels. That's mm-hmm. the word I was looking Obama. for. Thank you. Yep, changing no weight in oil. That. Um, but it's a great. They've been doing so good recently because they're all one little one-off Both issues. Words. There isn't any overarching thing because the first arc carried on for seven or eight issues, and it just got to be too long. But um, it's really cool. The only gripe I had was um, the art was kind of a little too—I uh, want to say childish—but it didn't look childish. Just Marcus, Marcus Phoenix, his face just wasn't as hard as I, you know, you love Marcus to be. He's he's such a BA, like he's mm-hmm. one of my favorite characters. Is that and, the guy uh, with the huge sideburns and the bandana? Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. he black? No. I mean, you don't a, call somebody B.A. and they not be black. That's, uh, that's, ra- that's racist. Oh you heard it here on Paper Cake. No white Louise. people are badass. I didn't say that. That's have what you seen, insinuated. Have you seen the A-team? I just finished Mark, watching Mark, uh, I'm not sure if you realize I don't see color. I'm sorry, Dale. I interrupted you. Go on. Best callback uh, ever. <laughs> all right, but pick this book up. It's great. Great little one-off. The only thing I'm concerned with, and I keep, I'm tweeting everybody, nobody pays attention to me on Twitter. I pay attention to your I'm tweets, bro. Thanks, Jersey. Thanks. I'm tweeting DC. I'm tweeting Dan Slot. I'm tweeting this guy. I'm tweeting that guy. What happens to DC's video game properties once the reboot happens? That's a DC property? Yeah. Well, because it was a wild storm. Get the hell out of here. That and uh, World of Warcraft. Gears of War was DC? Yeah. It's a DC Did not book. know that. So um, I'm concerned. Do they keep those around? I mean, Warcraft's we, a pretty successful Can we get comic. our intern on that? I would like to get confirmation that that's a DC property. You can't even do a Sounders on Q. Uh, what's he you know how hard it is to run all this? You know, with yeah, I gave finger? you the underscore Q like seven times. Yeah, this, when, you, when Jonesy just mouths stuff at me and, <laughs> and grins, I'm supposed to just know what he means. Okay, from now on, this means underscore. You excited for that Gears of War 3? Gal 3, as we call oh, it. Man, that's mega Did you exciting. see the video where they talked about the new Horde? Horde version 2? I didn't watch that, only because it's like PvP. It's uh, well, it's it, not PvP. It, it adds some RPG elements. Really? Like you 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 uh, obtain points or money during the game, mm-hmm. so you can add barriers to certain entrances, Ooh. new weapons that you can just have sit and fire. You can leave it. Very strange. Underscore A on Xbox Live. Friend me, and we're gonna play. Let's uh, let's change gears. 
image. What, what you got? Comics. Ooh. Uh, working on a big article. Check Ooh. it. Check it out for uh, next week. It. Next show. Halcyon. Really? Let that sink in. The, in. Uh, that's in the app. No. It's in the image app, Ooh. my friends. This is a mini series, five issues. Uh, this this takes place in the you know contained book universe. This isn't in the DCU. This is in just an image universe in this mini series. Superheroes, they're there in this universe, but uh, crime has dried up. No crime mm-hmm. left. They did their job. What happens to superheroes if there's no crime, my friend? They play D and D in the basement. Retirement? I would. They go crazy. Bingo was his name out. Mm-hmm. Jonesy Ryder. They retire. Mm-hmm. So uh, these superheroes, you know, they they're all buddies. Uh, something fishy's happening. The the main villain, uh, he's retired. He 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 surrendered, and now he's working t- to cleaning up the planet. You know, he's trying to fix the world's problems. The main villain, they retire. What happens? You know, what happens if all the superheroes retire, and then uh, you know some kind of some kind of big threat happens? Great book. They dust off their capes and go to town. You're gonna have to read the book to find out, Mark. Oh, oh can I borrow yours? Yeah, actually, you can borrow my iPad. I got all in the iPad. Ooh, Image Comics app. It's spectacular. Really? Wow. It's a it's a great book. Well drawn. Uh, never seen the artist work before, but it's a great miniseries. Five issues. You know, you know what you're getting. Five issue That's miniseries. True. You gotta love that. Um, there's the Superman character is is a female. Just a hot, sexy woman. There's a Batman character. He's got no powers. He's a you know they had a relationship, um, but they're trying to figure out. They think one of the villains fan fiction. They they try to figure out that uh, Slim's faith. One of their villains has screwed up with everyone's brain to make them nicer uh, across the planet, and that's that could be what has happened to crime. So and no one has the desire to commit crime. Tune in to find out what happens. Five issues. Is it like Boca Raton down there? The whole world. You're, you Everybody's know. in a jumpsuit <laughs> with like maple leaves on it. Water aerobics. <laughs> First issue is free. I might oh, add. I'm on that. That's brilliant. Uh, you can't on, let me get my iPad out right now. That's how you get people to buy digital comics, my friends. I'm going to download it right now. Slim. Do it. Watch me. Uh, should we get into a lightning round right now? Sure immediate, immediate lightning round. Now, this is not a Dale underscore A lightning round where we talk okay, for all right. 15 minutes. But we're running out of time, Slim. <laughs> we are running out of time. we got to speed it up right now, Jeez. Mark. Mark, what are you Just reading? Reading Superman 712. Nice knowing you. Let's end the show. Uh, <laughs> thanks for coming, everybody. They go poop on my chest right now. That's okay. I'll just team up with Todd Dizzle. He'll take me on his show any day. What is happening in the 712 that we care about? They have stopped once again from the grounded story arc to tell a four-year-old Kurt Busiek story. Hmm. Now, I don't know if anybody read the hype, but DC This week's Busiek. Callback. I'd be lost without you. This week's story was pulled because it apparently involved a Muslim superhero that Superman was going to go team up with and help him get accepted. Now, DC went to task and said they didn't pull it because it had a Muslim hero, but That's we a, read between the lines. It's alleged. It it's, is alleged. It is alleged. I'm Thank not you. sure if anyone realizes DC has no PR department, so they're not speaking about it. It is alleged. So nevertheless, I read Kurt Busiek's story. Cute little tale. It's all about crypto. It was a decent fill-in, but not worth buying. No. If you haven't bought it, don't waste your time. Don't waste it. Well, the, at this point, do you think like most of DC has like senioritis because they know everything in two or three months is yeah, just changes anyway? Yeah, my, my wonder was uh, if they pulled it because the Muslim storyline would have drew uh, the eyes away from the relaunch. Like the, the all the press would have been on a oh, Muslim superhero, and then yeah. 
well, what's the story with the relaunch that's happening in a month? And then it would have just confused people. I yeah. think that's why they pulled it, but they're never going to say. I don't know. I mean, remember when Superman gave up his citizenship mm-hmm. a couple months back? Yeah. So I guess they just didn't feel like dealing with more press. Right. It seems like an easier pull and tell a heartwarming little tale about the dog versus a actual gritty story. We all love dogs here. How can I you love not? dogs. And that's what I'm reading. Jonesy. Alpha Flight Fear itself. Number one. Get out right now. Not, never read an Alpha Flight book in my life. So you can go ahead and question my street cred later. But uh, I thought this was an, an okay jumping on point if you don't know Alpha Flight. Uh, it was enough to draw me into where I actually cared about who these characters was. So I'll probably hit a wiki up later to uh, to drop some ad. Some called K. Ad Fiensta on the Twitter. Yeah. Canadians, right? <laughs> so, uh, and uh, I thought the book had a pretty dramatic... Uh, reversal on the last page. Pretty big twist. Is is Jim Hudson alive in the current yes, universe? Yes, he is the Guardian. When I was young, my brother was, was my brother used to buy the Alpha Flights, and I remember the one famous cover was uh, Jim and uh, Heather. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so the Heather. ventilator. Where the vindicator? Vindicator. <laughs> <laughs> what did I say? John Z. loves be a writer. Guardian. The <laughs> ventilator. <laughs> Stay tuned for that character. The Tim Hortonator. I call it TM. Uh, no, the, the cover was them in their uniforms, but they were they were skeletons and they were like embracing. It was the final issue. Well, uh, great issue, uh, and I will be picking up the second just to see how the twist plays out. Lightning, bad boy. It's a challenge. <laughs> Hold first, on, let me get my stopwatch. First of all, with this is not the lightning round right here. I've managed to keep my distance from fear itself, to be honest. I don't I have no idea what's going on. And I love it. Do you care? Ignorance oh, is care. bliss. Marl's new event. Right, let's Check get into this lightning round right now. Just cut the BS right now. You know what? Search for Swamp Thing number one. Did Whoa. you guys check that out? No. Good. No. Yeah, yeah. Good. Uh the only problem with it was I couldn't not read the John Constantine parts without like a an awful fake parody of a British accent. Mm-hmm. So, like, I was just way over the top with his accent. I was, oi, oi, right, right, oh, it, it, it. You should have read it as myself. Keanu in the Constitution. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keanu. Oi, Keanu. Oi. Uh, it's a good book, though. I guess um, I, I don't really know. I, I stopped following Brightest Day, but uh, <clears throat> Constantine is trying to track down Batman because Swamp Thing is starting to be bad. I oh, guess no. simplest form. Uh, he tra- he tracks down Batman and Gotham, tells him this is what you got. This Swamp Thing is doing. This, this is what we're gonna have to do. It's it's a good good read. It's a th- little three issue mini. Um, nobody cares anyway because it's rebooting. It's exactly what end by it. The whole universe is getting rebooted. <laughs> yeah, Why would true. I give a crap? Why am I buying it? I right do now? like the fact that when everybody has S that goes down, and they don't know how to handle it. Their first thought is, well, Batman can fix it. Let's just go find yeah, him. Yeah. And That's in true Batman-like fashion, he beats the crap out of Constantine for wasting his time. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was entertaining. A, it's great interaction between the two. It was cool. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's a good read. Three three uh, issues, boom, done. Squadron. Tale two Sue. minutes, nicely done. Preem. Throwback. Yeah. Jam Marvel app. Wow. No. I'm going way back. Oh, 80s. The, oh, wow. The original uh, miniseries. Uh, the Squadron Supreme. This was, uh, I think, was it? A, it was a buck ninety nine. The Marvel app I said, "You know what? Let's do it." I'm not going to get iced coffee tomorrow. Should oh, buy it. There you go. Um, What's the creative team behind that? Now Mr. you don't have a place to read it. Mister Grunwald, I believe. Wow, was the writer. Uh, I think I want to say Bob Layton on pencils, but I can't, I can't can't be sure of that. Um, 
so this is like the Marvel Universe version of JLA. Like in your face, this is the JLA in the Marvel Universe. Like Hyperion is this, uh, you know, he, he was brought to Earth. I think the only difference in his origin story was that his parents didn't want him to use his superpowers for good. They wanted him to like stifle it, his his Earth parents. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, but this the the aftermath, um, oh, lightning round. Um, they destroyed the Earth under a hypnosis. Now they're trying to put put it together. They're going to take the reins and create a utopia. They're going to run the planet, and this is the first issue. Is like this huge backstory about their their origins, and the ending is them saying, you know what, we're going to clean up our mess, Earth. Let's do Earth. it. Let's do it. Any good? Enjoyable. Yeah, the first issue is a buck ninety nine. I think it was like forty eight pages. Cool. Ooh, wow. Yeah. Juicy. Ooh, deal. That only is a in deal. the 80s. Only in the 80s, but only in the 2000s. Right. Ultimate Spider-Man. Classic. Let's get into it. Instant You classic. have such an S-eating grin on your face <laughs> right now. Let's get into it. <laughs> Brian Michael Bendis. At the top of his game. And Bill Jamis. Art with Mr. Mark Bagley. Yeah, I didn't realize Jamis got uh, co-writing duties on this one. This was Bill Jamis's brainchild back in February of 2000. Mm-hmm. And okay. what happened, got it all from reading interviews with Bill Jamis and I forget who. What happened is they realized that they have, Marvel has over 40 years of continuity. And like everybody at the time, they're trying to expand new readership. And they're not just picking up the new ones. So they figured they had large success with their teen heroes with the X-Men and Spider-Man in the 60s. So, holy shit. Only yes. Oh, oh, <laughs> nice catch. <laughs> Twice in one episode. You can edit that out. Get that explicit we went, tag. We went 13 episodes without Mark cursing. He just did it twice. I hammered. got excited. I love this book. So they decided let's relaunch Spider-Man and the X-Men in 2000. Uh, this is uh, stunningly the ultimate book that I didn't pick up when the universe was created. I had no... Uh, what? You have a microphone. <laughs> Uh, I had no interest in this book. I don't know what it was. Hmm. Um, but we'll get back to me. We will get okay, back to me. Get back to you. Dale, uh, did you buy this when it first came out back in the day? Uh, not when it first came out. I probably hopped on board probably when I, well, to, to fully give it its due respect, it was probably 02, 03, and Ultimate Spider-Man is actually what got me back into comics. Whoa. Because what I read in that trade was just like, the most magic. It ju- I just remember a, a, a better time. It was great, and uh, it it like sped up comics to the new era. Like it just told a fantastic story. Like there was drama. I mean, it, it was it was great, and I and I felt like I could relate to it like immediately hmm. when I when I read the uh, storyline. It was great. Jenza, this is your boy in his prime. Yeah, this is a B and B. As you call me, uh, as much as I rag on the Bendis nowadays, uh, I'm going to go out and say that this single trade, these seven issues, probably single-handedly brought people back to comic books. I I picked this up and Ultimate X Men when it first came up. Mm -hmm. I I started following both. Had issue two, and I went back and got um, the issue ones after I read it, Uh, and I forgot. And I'm so glad I picked this up again. How excellent this book is paced. How well it's it's laid out, you know how much investment you have to have in the characters, yeah. So that this story that that at this point was forty years old seems new again in your eyes. I mean that's just a, a tribute to to Bendis. Uh, he was at the top of his game. 
Yeah, definitely. he was only writing a couple titles. He had, you know, the ability to just sit down and write this classic story as retold by someone growing up in the year 2000. This book is amazing. How great is the design of the Ultimate Universe back then with the covers? He knew looking at a cover that it was an Ultimate title because of the bars on the side, the yeah. bright colors. Very um, distinctive. It Ult- was... Ultimate Spider-Man had like the pseudo-painted covers, right? Mm-hmm. but they were always like one-character profiles. Um, you just you looked in the racks and like boom, there's the ultimate titles. It was awesome. I I picked up the ultimate X Men books that way. You know they're just yeah yeah in your face. This yeah. is it. Buy it. Loved it. The uh, the X Men books. It was good. Yeah, right. Both of them were good. I remember being a freshman in college back at University of Pittsburgh picking up Ultimate Spider Man number one, and I stuck around for the whole ride. I love it. Yeah. So this um. The, this story talks about you know him getting the powers. They changed it up for the real world a little bit. You know his the radioactive spider that bit Peter was uh, was being tested with Oz. You know Harry o- or uh, Norman Osborn's. I guess it was like kind of a super soldier serum. Would you, would you call it that? Or would you call it well, something else? Well, no, I would because I I think you find out later, maybe by issue sixty or seventy of uh, Spider Man. No, I mean this happened years ago. That the whole purpose of the Ultimate Universe is for, so everybody's trying to recreate the experiment that made Captain America. The Venom suit is an attempt. The Oz is an attempt. Wolverine himself was an attempt to create Captain America. Like so, it makes sense looking back now, was knowing that, this. Was that the miniseries Ultimate Origin? Right, was where you it? find out that Wolverine and Nick Fury were both attempts mm-hmm. to hmm. make Captain America's. Yeah, and through the Ultimate Spider-Man storyline throughout the entire series, they start dropping little hints that everything they've been doing has all been one big attempt to recreate yeah, Captain America. Yeah. Um, I mean, just reading this and knowing that they're trying to update Spider-Man's origin, it's really interesting to me to see a lot of the differences that they're doing to update this 40-year-old story. For example, back in Amazing Fantasy 15, it was a radioactive spider that bit Peter. Back when radiation was the fear and radiation is what caused Daredevil, the Hulk, the X-Men, all the Marvel superheroes of that era. Whereas now, it's 2000, it was a genetic, uh, excuse me, a genetically altered spider, mm-hmm. which bit Peter. That was a hot button topic. It was yeah, a very hot know, button Genetics, topic. babies, Cloning. genetic babies. I love the twist where we find out that basically everybody knows, everybody knows who Peter Parker is like day one. The villains know Doc Ock knows, you know, how God, or yeah, Green Goblin knows yeah. day one that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Right. And That'd be that, the hardest thing crazy. to keep up in a in the real world is secret identity. Right. There's so much, uh, and just looking back at the art, I mean, the fact, it was a brilliant idea for them to do this because there's so much meat, but it's almost like, not spoilers, but, you know, just uh, for the fans of of old, just to read it, it's almost like, here's a little treat for you guys, too. But there was just it's so much more story to it this time around. You know what I mean? Like back then, they weren't concerned really with story, uh, you know, where they get you invested. But um, or at least maybe it seemed that at the time it isn't. It doesn't hold up now. Let's be honest. But uh, you know, all seven issues are just uh, they just drag you in. There's just so much meat to it. And it didn't, Dale. To your point, it didn't feel like they wasted a single panel. Like everything was so well thought out. Like there was no filler right. for me. Not all, every single page, every single word, every single picture was important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
and comparing it again back to the original storyline or to the original issue arc, Spider-Man's origin in the 60s was 10 pages long. He went from nerd, bitten, superhero in 10 pages. With this, he took seven issues to flesh out the characters and flesh out the story, which was incredible. By this point, you get to know everybody. You know, Like you said, Jonesy, there's not a single moment wasted. And the biggest twist in all of it, too, stretching it out seven issues, you get to know Uncle Ben, which I think we underestimated how important yeah. that was. Yeah, those parts in the book were awesome. Exactly. When he, Uncle Ben died in the 60s, you felt bad for the character, but you don't really know him. It's like, oh, okay, that would suck. But as Bendis writes Uncle Ben through this, you get to know him. You get that they have father relationships. You get that he sees Peter as his son who's not quite really fitting in, but he loves him anyway. Which makes the loss of Uncle Ben that much mm -hmm. more powerful. Man, that that one panel where Ben is talking to May on the steps about how this must feel to like lose their more or less son, and he puts his left hand up to straighten that picture where he and him are fishing. Like the picture itself was going crooked, and he moves his hand up to fix it. Like I'm not gonna lie, I cry a little bit <laughs> because you you just you can relate to the character so much. It's like he's your Uncle Ben. It's just the fact that they fleshed it out so much. And it was cool because he got like he got bitten by the spider within the first ten pages of the first issue, but it's seven issues from there to just I mean, it's, it takes, to him to come to grips. It yeah. takes six issues for him to go save somebody. He didn't put on yeah, the costume yeah. until four. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was uh, you can tell it's it's uh, looking back now. I didn't I wasn't thinking about it at the time because I didn't know Bendis, but it was there was a lot of reading to do. Like I thought I'd be able to just buzz through these books. Yeah, there was. You can't. But, but every word counted. You know what I mean? And I think, and I think that still holds up with him. I still love Brian Bendis no matter what. But uh, every word on every page counted. Not like Demon in a Bottle, where you're <laughs> just reading paragraphs <laughs> of the stuff. You know awful. what I mean? It just it's awful. Uh, another great point was the the nod to change the the webbing origin a little bit. Like that was a, a serum that his that uh, Peter's dad was working on his entire life, and he couldn't figure it out until Peter like cracked the code. And finally, you know, put it to good use. Which also served brilliantly to show just how smart and how much of a genius that Peter is. So you did two great character bits with one stone. Mm -hmm. And I don't think, it, what I liked is they didn't beat us over to the head with the fact that Peter Parker is a genius. Because I think in 616, like, everybody forgets that's one of Peter's powers. Like, everybody yeah. forgets that he was, like, this genius kid. I think he didn't get bitten. He was in a lab coat or something crazy like that. Maybe I'm remembering that he wrong. He was just a nerd. When yeah, he got just a big too. nerd alert. So uh, <laughs> He was playing with an abacus at the time. <laughs> but in, in the end, I mean, uh, like, you get the feeling, and even through the whole series, that Peter is like this truly gifted kid. Even Tony Stark, later on in the run, even recognizes the fact that this kid's, if he wasn't Spider-Man, he'd still have a bright future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, I just liked it. And just liked it. stuff in his high that stuff in high school, like I don't know, is I was probably out five years out of high school, but at that point, but it just was felt like I was there rooting for Peter the whole time in high school, and the, the relationship with MJ and stuff. It was it, it's great. Uh, what about the uh, the the fan service when Peter gets the break, Flash Thompson's hand? Like there oh, were some yeah. people I wanted to break oh, their face in high school, <laughs> and Peter gets the like. Not only do you get to see that actually happen, yeah, then you get to see the consequences. Like yeah. it was, uh, you like second. mental high fiving the crap out of everybody. In true Parker like fashion, it just turns around and it's bad luck for him. 
right. do, sticking up for himself and winning caused him more problems than just getting the crap beat out of him. I think what they did is they took the crappy life of 616 Parker and 616 Daredevil, multiply them <laughs> together, and together and gave it to uh, Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah. Another twist on the origin was in an effort to recreate the powers that Peter Parker now has, uh, Norman Osborn decides that he's going to inject himself with that same drug that the spider was injected with in hopes of But mix altering... it with his own DNA. Exactly. I just thought it was a crazy tidbit. Yeah. In true comic book-like fashion, it doesn't go according to plan. The plan explodes, and the next time we see Osborn, he's a big, mutated, hulking beast with the familiar green horns and he is shooting fireballs, thus becoming yeah, a green sure goblin. I, I wasn't sure I, how I felt about it, because this is the first time I ever read Ultimate Spider-Man. I mean, knew that you know the goblin was different, obviously, in this universe, but I wasn't sure how I felt about you know him physically becoming a you know a, a hulking goblin well, with fire powers. I thought maybe maybe I drew a connection that wasn't there, but it seems to me that in the Ultimate Universe, when anybody fails at recreating the super, uh, secret. Super Soldier Serum, they end up being this this bestial form of themselves. Look at the Hulk. The, uh, Bruce Banner was trying to recreate the Super Soldier Serum, and he became the Hulk. Hmm. You know, Osborn is trying to recreate the secret or Super Soldier Serum and becomes Hobgoblin, and they're pretty close phys- physically. Right, mm-hmm. big green hulking monster. Only Osborn can throw fireballs. Mm-hmm. Of course, I mean you know, duh. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Subtle difference. <laughs> Uh, can we get into the negatives that I have? No, you might be the only one, one, bro. I, I Not think, yet. I think no. You got some more pot. Let's, let's keep keep the train rolling. All right then. Thank you very much. That's big of you. This is your show. Let's so keep. I it got going. mesmerized by <laughs> Farrington's foot. I'm sorry. It's up on that coffee table again. <laughs> big paw. <laughs> this is my foot. It will be any GD place it wants to be. <laughs> the only other, I wouldn't call it positive or negative, but interesting twist in the story is, and this might be really fanboy nerd pick, but in the original story. The robber that robs the wrestling uh, station, or the wrestlers, managers, whoever, his safe, runs by Peter Parker, and Peter lets him go because the manager just stiffed him, which I thought was pretty interesting. Now, in the Ultimate Universe, um, I noticed that it's not a guy who robs the wrestler's station, it's a random robber off the street. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking this kind of, in my mind, changes Peter's character a little bit more. Yeah, the same broad strokes of the origin are there. But if you look at the original origin, where the guy who did him wrong gets robbed, anybody and their brother would probably say, all right, you screwed me. This is instant karma. Right. With a random guy on the street, it just makes it more poignant. Like, they didn't do anything to hurt you. I get that you had a bad day, but you could have at least tripped the guy. Mm-hmm. You are screwing random strangers. You're not screwing the guy who screwed you. Yeah. Exactly. Very minor point, but I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely agree. I thought I thought it was the guy who robbed the wrestling. Guy, no, he just robbed, he robbed some old lady, deli, something like that. Yeah, the, the this uh, old couple that had the deli. Jonesy, yeah. uh, you had a statement. You looked like you wanted to throw at us. Yeah, no, no, no. I thought um, the following uh, Mark there that instance when he realizes when he comes to that realization that you know the great power and great responsibility quote is through his mind. And like he, you know, he just got done collapsing in Mary Jane's arms, and he's destroyed as a person. Doesn't know what to do, and he sits there thinking about, you know, what he's going to do with his life. And then there's just that moment where he looks up at his mask and he goes, "You know what? I get it." And he says, "I get it." Throws on the mask, and then the the last scene of that issue is just like 
a criminal about to rob somebody, and you just see him, you know, against the moonlight, ready to come down and kick his egg. Yeah. Now that you, I thought that was really good. And now you say that, I wish I had uh, wrote, uh, written down the exact quote that Ben gives him when he was giving him the speech the, with great power. There was like one paragraph that was like, "Is this paragraph is better than any other explanation about the with great power speech that I've ever read?" Yeah. I, I think it was Peter's dad who he was quoting his dad or something. Yeah, like something that. like you know, some... it's not right to just. Uh, to use your gifts to better yourself or something, but you have to use it to to better everyone around you. You can't use it for your own gain. Something I don't know. It was just an, yeah, I told him so that it's good. like it's his responsibility to help them, yeah, or to do what he so can. Good. Yeah. And he said something like, "You're not going to realize it now, but when you get to the point where you're able to count all the gifts you've been given, right, you're going to realize their importance and what you should do with mm-hmm. them." It was really good, Slim. I think if you like that moment, you should jump ahead a couple trades to the Venom arc. Because that deals a lot with Peter's past with his father. And his father kind of struggling to learn that lesson. Hmm. Let's get into my negative. You know, I don't want to bring bring the train down after this. We can get into the death of Ultimate Spider-Man. Captain No Fun. Bring up the negative. Um, Mark Bagley. You know, I'm going to just, you know, everyone's thinking it. Nobody's thinking it. Uh, The art in this uh, first trade, garbage. Say that right now. <laughs> Listen, I was, my jaw just dropped. I, uh, Can we I, kick him off the show? I grew up on Mark Bagley on the Amazing Spider-Man, you know, the Sinister Six, uh, the Sidekick arc we talked about last week. Ugh, loved every bit of it. Reading it, reading Ultimate Spider-Man. Ugh, you know, I don't know what it is. It just did not do anything for me at all. I think you're alone on that, bro. Yeah. I'm fine in being alone on I it. I think it was purposely juvenile, Purpose, trying to reflect the tone. Purposely garbage? Oh, I don't think that's you know something what? they talked about. If no other podcast maybe, maybe Maybe no one else thinks it's garbage. Maybe garbage is a tough term to use but for me. G, you think? Uh, didn't do anything for me. Bendis and Bagley did 111 issues straight of this book, the what? longest on single creative so I, team so in I'm Marvel. So I'm supposed to bend over and say, Bagley, you're the best artist on the planet? Is that what you're telling me right now? What's easier to think, that 48 yeah, million people are wrong or you? <laughs> What's easier? Listen. Yeah. Listen here. You know? All ears. In his eyes. I know art. Okay? Pal. When's Art the next pal. time we're going to see a slim cover to paper cake? <laughs> I want to see an at slim cover. Listen, of paper I'm cake. fine with everyone disagreeing with me. I got an inkling over here in this corner of the room that podcast bad boy might agree with me a little bit. Okay, take it away, Dale. <laughs> I did. I was going to say if. Regardless of what Slim was going to say, it was going to be a nitpick. It wasn't <laughs> bad, but he did look like Harry Potter at times. Let's be honest. <laughs> MJ, her lips were like on the side of her face at times. <laughs> Hang like, on, Slim. You don't like art. You alienate everyone. Dale A doesn't like art, and we all flock to his banner. <laughs> Excellent right. observation. Uh, you know, it was just, I think he was just trying to find his footing or something. It definitely gets better, but it it's not his best <laughs> you know, work. He, def- he definitely didn't iron out his, uh, his you know, final design on Beater. I mean, he definitely had two pickle sized strands of hair. On the top of his head, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was a little curious. Uh, you know, just this isn't the bagley I grew up with. It was a work in progress. I'll tell you what. You know, you just said he was a god on Earth for doing 120 sub issues. Show some respect. It is amazing. What else, listeners? Like? It is on right now. Slim and Tyrant are in each other's Listen, face. You know the the coloring. It really pops in that Comicsology app. The guy who says he doesn't recognize color <laughs> is pointing out a color oh, issue. Man. Wow. 
Who's gonna teach well, James Tom Hanks? Uh, let's let's move on to some bagely that did pop. My pantaloons are getting sweaty over here. The death of Spider-Man. We're running out of time. I'm not sure if you have to stop watch. Are we, we're going to be able to do letters at this point. We will. We'll talk about the issue. Then we'll, we'll get into one or two letters. We got a long letter. We got to get to the death of Spider-Man. It's been pumped up for months. Oh, man. I'm going to tell you one thing right now. That's why we did the uh, the first few issues. By the way, yeah, this Dear is reader. this is what we were leading up to. I'll tell you what, Bagley knocked it out of the G damn. Park and we're friends again. <laughs> he did. He really did. Out of the park. You know, I would have loved Sarah Picelli on art, but I'll tell you what. You know, I understand this is the end of the series. You want to get Bagley in here to close out what he started. I'll tell you what, he should have never left if he had a smart bone in his body. Yep. You want to leave the longest running? What an idiot going to DC Comics. All right, I'm getting sidetracked. I don't know what he's thinking. Great issue. I uh you know I'm I'm a father. I'm a new father. Uh I I'm not sure if anyone realizes this, but you cried everything. I cried everything as as a father. Um I see some, you know, something happen on the streets and I'm just weeping in the car. I cried at this I cried at this comic book. I'm going to put it out there right now. I almost did. It's there's no shame in it. This is concluding the ultimate battle between Spider-Man and his original nemesis, the Green Goblin. It is a fight on the street. Spider-Man is unmasked, surrounded by his neighbors, family, and friends. Man. And unfortunately, one of them just doesn't walk away from the battle. Can I can I say the greatest part of this book uh, that that really got me? Jerking the tear ducts. Here we go. When Aunt, I'm, I'm tearing up right now because I'm, I'm a father, okay? When Aunt May and Gwen are driving, and then at one Aunt May decides to, to pull a U-turn and go back to Peter, shut it down. Oh, Shut it all down. I and love how on, Bendis brought the Peter Parker storyline to a full circle. He became Spider-Man because he couldn't save, he didn't save his uncle, and as Spider-Man, yeah. as a full-fledged hero, he died saving his aunt. Come oh, on, let when me Mary, tell you. Oh, go ahead. I'm go sorry ahead. about that. When Mary Jane stole the truck and plowed into the oh, goblin, that. oh my God, and then he, she, he, Peter embraced her. He's like, did you steal that? Well, it was just sitting there, you know, and then he just kisses her, man. Like, I get all fuzzy and tingly in my face. When he uh, is in his, uh, his death throes, and he's like, I did it, Uncle Ben. Oh, man. I did it. And then you see them walking off together into heaven. I cried. That was a tearjerker. I, yeah. I you know, so oh. This run got a lot of crap from myself for being promoted for, you know, a year on every book, you know, the prologue or whatever. This is one of the greatest comic books, uh, one of the greatest Spider-Man books ever written. Having Agreed. read the beginning and the end, will you read the middle of the run? Will you read the other hundred? And- if I get confirmation that Bagley's art gets a little ironed out, I might I might pick a few up in the app. Borrow my GD trades, okay? The uh, the only problem was some advertising <sighs> placement because the one last panel is when uh, Peter closes his eyes and he's in Aunt May's lap. I'm getting, like, sweaty right now. And then you flip the page and it's like, X-Men schism, check it out. And then you've got to turn the whole page again to see, like, is he dead? Is it? Oh, yeah. yeah. But, like, oh, come on. Terrible placement. That's not the right time it for... It was really bad. Maybe issue four or something. Not, not right here, not right now. I'm really curious as to how this is going to launch into Ultimate Comics Spider-Man because Bendis is saying that the death of Peter Parker is what's going to launch the new series. And I'm interested because I love where this ended. 
and this is the first time we will see a Spider-Man ongoing story without Peter Parker in the role. And like, I sincerely hope they don't bring Peter Parker back. You can't yeah, like this. His death was just too much of a closure. And like going back to that panel, him and Uncle Ben walking away and such a young life, but his life's work is complete. If you want to do something I mean, right, like with the Ultimate Universe, how they got off on the right foot at the beginning... Just keep him dead. I mean, God, I, I'd hate yeah, to I say don't it, think but. I don't think they're going to bring him back. If they, he did hint that someone else is going to be inspired by the death of Spider-Man, Peter Parker, to pick up the mantle. And I was trying to keep an eye out for a character that you know didn't fit in that issue. But mm. there's a miniseries, Ultimate Fallout, that's going to uh, debut the new Spider-Man. Should I incorrectly predict it now, or should I wait? Go ahead, do it now. Go on. Why not? Harry Osborn <laughs> is already dead. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimate Fallout. That's like I've just to talk about the It'll arc as a whole. Iron Fist. I have like almost all the trades, but un- like bat- too bad for me. I stopped reading because I just got caught up in real life. Like I keep buying the trades in hopes that one day I'll go back. But this really makes me want to go back and finish what I started. I mean, I probably got through the first fifteen trades, but I had the rest, and I just got to finish them, oh, man. Because I, I have one through nine. The death of Ultimate Spider-Man is, in my opinion, in the top five Ultimate Spider-Man story arcs. This was good. No way around it. This, this was, was good. This was better than the issue where him and Wolverine switch bodies, and that's giving it high praise. The story mm. entitled Jumping the Shark. If uh, if any, just uh, my own personal experience, if any listener is interested in Ultimate Spider-Man, that's like one of the most available trades in the $5 bins at Comic-Con. So you can get almost all 22, 25 trades in the $5 bins. Great way to get on that. I agree. Absolutely. Beautiful. Oh, whoops. Should we play Amazing Grace? It's like a sounder Nazi over here. You want to get an (laughs) iPhone out here? We'll let you do the sounder. You told me to put my iPhone away. Uh, (laughs) We should get the bagpipes in the Amazing We got your letters. I'm gonna open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to you. This one's for you, Peter. Never gets old. I did, uh, that is correct. I did tell Jen Z to put his phone face down for the show. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. My personal favorite letter of the week coming straight at you, Jonesy, from John R. John Good R. Grief. Name one Daredevil storyline you like that wasn't written by Frank Miller, Brubaker, or Bendis, and if you can't, you should be kicked off the show. Kevin Smith, Guardian Devil, come and suck my pee. There we go, <laughs> dear listener. No, I, uh, go ahead. I thought that was going to be a lot worse than you made it out to be this afternoon. Nah, nah. Kevin Smith, huh? Yeah. The same hey, writer that... Stop clock. The same write twice a day. Writer that wrote uh, Year One and Batman peed himself. In year one. I thought it was a good book. Guardian and Devil, though, didn't have any of that, that S in it. Because Daredevil uh, Yellow yeah, That was before he got, you know, I don't, I don't want to get into Kevin Smith. You know. Oh, there you go. There you go. Throw Kevin Smith out. You know, Daredevil Yellow. Jonesy will, will be on the show next week. I wonder if, you would, have, I wonder if you would have guessed uh, Tim Sale if at Mandy Boo wasn't talking about. Uh, I love Daredevil Yellow. That's I have that in hard uh, hardback. With the intro by Jeff Love and Tim Sale. That's how much I love that story. Mark, we're running out of time. We need to get... We have, Do we have a long email, I think, was sent We in? do have a little bit of a long email. It's coming to us from Black Sun Patrol. 
It's saying, Dear gents, please allow me to beat a dead horse and then push it off a high cliff. <laughs> I am writing to you fine men of words in regards to your podcast last week in which you in which sculpt was a topic of discussion. I must say I was dismayed but not surprised by the negative pushback to this title. As I recall, one of the words that came up in the discussion was entertainment, as if comic books are only a form of entertainment and if they do not entertain, thus they are for the scrap heap. Comic book, yep, comic books, in my not opinion, sculpt. can be, should be, and are much more than, quote, something affording pleasure, diversion, or amusement. Tend to one he looked that up. <laughs> anyway, the second sheer complaint was that two of you men of standing were having some difficulty delineating the characters. While it is difficult, I grant you, to tell characters apart based on their physical properties and not their brightly colored outfits, extended claws, flowing capes, or super abilities, I think a more careful eye, one set to perceive detail and nuance, would have an easier time with this penalty issue. As tastemakers, hey, compliment, mm. that you are now such should not be surprising. It falls to you to uplift the quality of this genre instead of being cheerleaders for safe wham-bam hero versus villain storytelling and instead champion those that take risks and offer the reader something to consider after they reach the back cover. Yes, even if that's something like a third world nation inside the borders of the U.S. makes them uncomfortable. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, need to catch my breath. I would like to offer the possibility that your, quote, or parentheses, Slim, you are obviously excluded from this diatribe. Thank you. Dislike yeah. of the series. He's made the finger check mark. <laughs> dislike of this series is not a matter of opinion, but simply one of you being wrong. That said, I look forward to running into you fine lads at New York Comic Con this year where I intend or where I intend on schooling you further on all things taste, style, and substance. Scalped was a book that tore us apart as friends because hosts. we are allowed to have opinions. Black Sun Patrol doesn't think that. To at be true. Black well Sun said. Patrol on the well said. Kind of happy I never read it at this point. I'm excluded. I, yeah, you. Uh, you was that? Yeah, what was the reason you didn't read that? Were you on this, that show? Uh, I skipped it so I could prepare for the following week. D Sale mm. tagged in for us while Jonesy was on assignment. Uh, that's right. Um, Just Dave. Dale, your thoughts on uh, on Black Sun Patrol calling you out? Well, I mean, it's I can understand his maybe his anger. From when he listened to us talk about it, I think at the end of the episode we all agreed that uh, it is a. F now I think he's pinpointing the the term entertainment. I think whether it makes us sad or it makes us angry, whatever it is, it's still a form of entertainment. It's a distraction from real life. Whether it's a Danielle Steele novel or whether it's a Harry Potter Spider Man fan fiction, your fan fiction, yeah, it's all entertainment. It doesn't. Now I. Th I don't know. I, I'm getting who said what back then mixed up. But we all agreed definitely that it's definitely an example of a book that doesn't have to be capes all the time and still be a great book. I think based on what we said, it was all on p opinion, which which is why you have comic review websites and podcasts like ours all over the place. So mm -hmm. Black Sun Patrol, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> can, I, can I be real? Can a brother get a minute? Well, this letter, while very articulately written, is a good statement of his opinion. It is, in fact, an opinion. Mm -hmm. Quite simply, I did not enjoy the book. We didn't rip it. We didn't say that it was bad. Just at the end of the day, it wasn't something for me. It's our personal preference. Agreed. Yeah. Check the tapes. We take, take a lot of pride in the fact that we don't just read the straight-up superhero spandex stories, but I don't know. Maybe in Slim's eyes, this book was a winner. I just didn't I, feel uh... it. 
Scott this, should write for Esquire magazine and tell this, all guys what to do. This book was a winner. You <laughs> know, uh, I compared the art to some some heavy hitters, big time heavy hitters. You're kissing their butt. Um, bottom line is, Black Sun Patrol is okay in my book. I'll tell you that much right now. Wow. Well, Mark, do we have any of the letters uh, before we're going to close out? Or yeah. You want to save them for next week? Well, there's one that I didn't tell you guys about that I kind of wanted to read from last week. I got to get it out. Okay. It's from J-Man go. Says. Love that guy. Hey, guys, you've each been tasked to produce the greatest comic series ever made. However, you can only choose one writer and one artist. Who do you choose and why? Oh, doesn't man. matter if they're living or dead. Slim go. Running out of time. <laughs> wow, look this at this is... guy. Call it on me. I'm not looking at me. That's easy. Pacheco. You gonna let us know? Capullo. Jason Aaron, Adam Kubert, done. Oh my god. Wow. <laughs> stole my answer. He just, just dropped away. the mic, folks. He's walking away. Dale, go. Oh, my brain. Maybe something's wrong with my brain. I can't think on the fly this fast. We'll check you out next week. I'll have my answer by then. <laughs> Sorry, Jamie. I would say think of all the magic that Jason Aaron and Malieve could do together. Mm. Wolverine yeah. story by Jason Aaron with Malieve on art. I thought you were yeah. going to go Bendis and Malieve again. No, no, no. I mean, I read Bendis all the time. I that would to be break a, in my mind. That would be a dynamite book, wouldn't it? Or it would remind me of the cover of Ultimate X Men where Wolverine is standing against his motorcycle and there's like leaves blowing around and he's got the bandana. That, that was a Cuber cover. Mm-hmm. Tell you that. I'm going to go with Mark Wade and Jim Lee, your favorite writer's favorite writer Boom. and your favorite penciler's favorite penciler. The greatest series of all time, Mark Wade, Jim Lee. I do love Mark Wade. Mark, you are right about Mark. Thank you. Jeez. July 10th. Heavy, heavy episode. Philadelphia Comic Con. If we're still friends, you know, after this uh, bag of lean We're best friends. Quiet. Hey, that con could be our reunion show. <laughs> our reunion. <laughs> break up and... It's like three weeks away. <laughs> $3 at the door. We're going to hang out. We might go for drinks after. Singing some Sounders live, I hear. Let's do it. Letters Sounder Live. All the friends of the show. Let's do it. Uh, review us on iTunes. Please. Even though we know you won't. Uh, we will see everyone next week. Uh, we'll see you.